0: Golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating.
1: Laying down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in
2: my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We born try.
3: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9, the game. Hey, bring me another bucket of
1: ball. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love this lane. Is that it. We love
4: it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you golf. home. On the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G along with my very busy caddy, Jeff Shane, of many,
3: many talents. Golf, being... Rock and roll. Yeah, golf, rock and roll, Um, other things that probably shouldn't be mentioned on the radio. But So, <laughs> golf news. Golf news. We
4: had the team event. In lovely New Orleans. Little Rainy. A little, New bit, of, yeah, little yeah. bit of liquid sunshine going on there most of the weekend. Made for a lot of stop starts. But in the end, was the unlikely duo. We of, picked them, right?
3: Yeah, John Rom and Ryan <laughs> Palmer winning the Zura Classic. The odd couple uh, who got paired together because. Uh, each of their partners from last year decided that they didn't want to play uh, under the new PGA Tour schedule with the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks. Uh, everybody's trying to figure out what do you do, uh, how do you get ready for this uh, major in the month of May. Which I don't know, maybe 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 you you see it differently, but wasn't wasn't there a Players Championship in the month of May? Is it that much different? That that the the preparations are are all out of out of line, but you know, like like I say, John Rom, uh, John Rom had an excuse. His partner was Wesley Bryan, the the uh, former RBC Heritage champion, who was out for pretty much all year with a shoulder injury. Uh, But Ryan Palmer's partner was Jordan Spieth, and Jordan Spieth said, you know what, I'm going to try a little different uh, set of preparation, getting ready for the PGA Championship, during which, by the way. He will be going for the career Grand Slam, so he's probably overthinking it. But uh, anyway, Rahm and Palmer looked at each other and said, hey, why not? And they shot four rounds of 69 or better. Actually, they shot three rounds of 65 or better. And uh, they are the Zurich Classic champions. And for Ryan Palmer, that's his fourth PGA Tour win in a journeyman's career and uh, his first win in nine years, so a big one for him. And he's gone through a a little bit over uh, during the interim time because uh, he lost his father three or four years ago, and that was a very traumatic thing for him. He's extremely close to his father. And then his wife had a breast cancer scare uh, in recent years. And so, uh, you know, Ryan Palmer is a very streaky player, but uh, when he's on, you want to back him. (laughs) And he was on this past week with Rahm as as, uh, his sidekick.
4: And a nice paycheck as well. Yeah. Uh, my pick, Sergio and Tommy Fleetwood. Pour me a t- black and tan Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, coming in second with uh, 65, 68, 64, 68. So they were on their heels coming down the stretch.
3: Yeah, they really were. And, uh, the, you know, this is a little bit of a Ryder Cup reunion. Although, remember that Tommy Fleetwood... Never had the chance to uh, pair up with with Sergio Garcia because he was too busy pairing up and winning matches with Francesco Molinari. But uh, they obviously, if uh, you know Padraig Harrington, you know decides that Molinari needs a rest and needs another partner for Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, we we know that Sergio Garcia is available and uh, we'll we'll make a nice pair for them. Uh, it, it's kind it was kind of an odd. Uh, odd Zurich classic because a lot of the pairings that we had seen from the first two years, there was a lot of breaking up is hard to do type things and and each of these were first year pairings that hit off very well.
4: How about this pairing? Orlando's very own Brian Gay, he's been, you know, he's been lurking around the last year, he, getting his game back in yeah, form. Yeah, he really has. And teamed up with Rory Sabatini.
3: How about that for a to the pride of Bratislava Slovakia, and you're wondering what? Uh, that, that's <laughs> as hard as pronouncing my last name. Oh, my gosh. But Rory Sabatini, uh, a, a fairly recent addition to the uh, Slovakian citizenship uh, by course of marriage, and uh, I, think he, I think by now he actually does represent a golf resort uh, just outside Bratislava, so uh, good for Rory, and he's actually started to play... Very well. He was on the leaderboard at the RBC Heritage. He was on the leaderboard, I want to say, at Valspar for a brief period of time. And, uh, you know, will he win again? Who knows? I think his last one was at the Honda Classic about ten years ago. But uh, Rory is starting to play well. And as you said, Brian Gay has uh, started to play very consistently now that he seems to have gotten over his myriad of injuries that that really affected him for five or six years.
4: And a guy also from... Florida, in Central Florida, who won the Arnold Palmer, I believe, a Twice. few years back. Matt back Every. Back to back. Matt Every?
3: Yes. Back to back? It's been, uh, you know, I, I, I realize that sometimes we, 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 we get lost in Tigers victories and things like that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the more unlikely things that we'll see in Arnold Palmer invitational history, but... I, Good to sure, see him back I, I, on the leaderboard. It is, yeah. And and you know, talk about another odd couple pairing and I do not have the story on how these two guys got together. But Short hey, Straw? Uh yeah, might might be one of those they were, you know, both in the caddy lot and you know, looking for looking for a partner or something. But uh Matt Every and K H Lee, who by the way has started to play very well of late. Uh and uh, uh yeah, hey. Opposites attract uh you, you never know, but you know this is this was a very interesting pairing but uh again uh sixty eight or better uh well actually there was a sixty nine in the alternate shot but uh uh very different Zurich classic this year, you know compared to a couple of the other years and where we had our some really strong star pairings, justin Rose and Hendrik Stenson. Henrik lost his partner. Justin Rose said, "No, nah, not this year. I'm going to go to Wells Fargo instead." Uh, but um, yeah, but, you know, big thing for uh, like I say for Ryan Palmer and John Rahm. We know John Rahm is going to be in the top ten of the world rankings forever. But for Ryan Palmer, a very, very huge victory.
4: Yeah, huge. And um, I love it. I love the team format. Always fun to you know watch four ball and alternate shot because we know that's where the pressure
3: really mounts for these guys and this and last year they made a change in the format the original uh, setup for zurich was we're going to play alternate shot thursday saturday and we're going to play four balls on uh on, on in rounds two and four and just make it a birdie fest on sunday Well, they decided no let's put some pressure on these guys and they reversed the Big order time. last year and i think it does it, it it has brought the competition a little bit closer uh and uh, uh you you really got to perform on Sunday uh to try and keep your partner out of jail
4: uh speaking of
3: another team event the champions tour event last week odd how they both fell on the same week again where where is the where is golf's scheduling commissioner uh to make sure that these things do not happen steve stricker and Jerry Kelly, just as an as an example, were forced to make a choice, and they chose the Zurich Classic, uh, and 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 left uh, the uh, Bass Pro Shops Legends of Golf in the lurch. I, you know, so who who is it? Somebody needs to be appointed. Now you've got me on a rant. Sorry. Somebody needs to be appointed here to coordinate all of the golf schedule so that there's there's little stepping on each other. You know, we've talked about the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the a a Inspiration. And, you know, the latest stories are that there's about a 50-50 chance that they're going to move that because if you move the A&A Inspiration, there are other events in the Coachella area that are going to be affected. So how is that uh, actually going to take place? A couple of music festivals that bring in a lot of tourists and fill up a lot of hotel rooms and, Uh, Even if you can figure that out, then you've got to rearrange the dominoes on the LPGA calendar. But, hey, somebody has to make sure that that events are not stepping on each other. And this was a perfect example with Zurich and and the legends of golf. Well, that
4: turns the conversation to Wells Fargo (laughs) and, again, players having to make decisions about you know a, an event that uh, has always drawn some of the best of the best and as you pointed out only 2 out of the top
3: 15 2 out of the top 9 9 yeah i i think it is not, it's 8 out of the Playing top this 20 week. so you you get a lot of you get a lot from the teams in the rankings but the only 2 from the top 9 in the world rankings are Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose, um, and you know, and you know, there was a lot of headlines about oh, Tiger is not going to play; he was a last-minute uh, no-go. Uh, and uh, you know, if you've seen kind of that uh, Zapruder video about uh, him hobbling down the stairs, you know, well, maybe it's a good thing that we're not seeing him, you know, for the you know before the PGA Championship. But I think a lot of guys have really had to take a look at this block. They had such a big run-up to get ready for Augusta, you know all of the Florida swing events, which are popular events and, and everybody wants to play multiple events in Florida. And those are bookended by two uh, World Golf Championship events in Mexico and the match play. So for the big names, those are also must plays. And they all had to make their choices to get ready for the Masters. And now we're in this period where everybody needs to take uh, an, a big exhale and, and kind of reset, recharge, recalibrate, get ready for the PGA Championship. But how do you do that, and what do you play? Uh, we actually saw that the RBC Heritage had one of its best fields uh, this year coming right after the Masters, but it was a down year for Zurich. It's a down year for the, for the Wells Fargo, although not that much. I, th- I think maybe it's overplayed a little bit. Uh, and, you know, and I think the world rankings you know just you know from one year to another change, and some of the guys that we see play every year are, you know Patrick Reed should not be discounted because he 's not in the top fifteen of the world rankings, but uh, you know he's uh, he is playing uh, and then I really wonder what it 's going to be like at the Byron Nelson next week because the Byron Nelson has already had attendance problems now it 's the lead in event. Uh, to a major championship. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. Again, golf schedulings are wherever you are. Uh, We have a Texas event leading into Augusta. Now we have a Texas event leading into the PGA Championship. And then, after the PGA Championship, they come right back to the DFW Metroplex to play Colonial, which is now known as the Charles Schwab Challenge or something like that. Who puts his schedule together? Jay Monahan, I'm available. Yes, that was... Jeff Shane,
4: <laughs> twenty minute rant, ladies and gentlemen, on the PGA Tour yeah, now schedule. Now we're going to be
3: scratching guests all night.
4: <laughs> um, well, now all eyes on Rory McIlroy, certainly for the Wells Fargo, having been a two-time winner in 2010 and 2015. The only
3: one in tournament history to win multiple times.
4: So this, uh, you know, puts the microscope on Rory, coming off the Players Championship. Currently third in the FedEx Cup standings, Jeff.
3: And as we've talked all season, just how consistent he's been. I don't, I don't see any way that there's that he is not going to be in the mix on Sunday, even if he doesn't win. But uh, his two victories, he won in 2010 by shooting 62 on Sunday, he sh- and he won in 2015 by shooting 61 on Saturday. He's got two of the three lowest rounds in tournament history. Uh, you can't not expect him to be in the mix.
4: Well, we have a lot of golf talk tonight, and we're back in our regular time slot. It's amazing. The Golf Insiders, 6 to 7 every Wednesday, and you can follow us on social everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our blog at thegolfinsiders.com. You listen to the Golf Insiders. Yes, indeed. We will be right back.
2: Quite an impact, actually. Uh, we sent 300 and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this
1: I really hate to lose Asking forgiveness Got the struggles
4: blue, the struggles blue. We're back. Big Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G. Along with Jeff Shane. And uh, you can follow us everywhere. Get connected with us. Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, check out all of Jeff's great blogs on the Inside Take on the Golf Insiders dot com, and um, yep, it's a fun one. Wells Fargo, the Green Mile, one of the toughest stretches on the PGA Tour closing three hole stretch. You did the preview for PGA Tour dot com.
3: It it really is. Every year uh, the numbers show that that the Green Mile is, I I don't remember whether it has been number one every year, but it it seems to me it might have been. And uh, not only that, but remember that Quail Hollow was actually uh, rejiggered a little bit uh, prior to the 2017 PGA Championship. They brought in Tom Fazio and and said, well, let, let's make this major championship worthy as though it wasn't in the first place. But they took three holes on the back nine and reconfigured a couple of them, uh, uh, turned a, uh, a par three just, that just seemed out of place. Uh, they turned it into a par four, and then the uh, par four that followed became a par three that seemed a better fit. Uh, and, uh, and when the PGA Championship came to Quail Hollow uh, two Augusts ago, Uh, Not only was Quail Hollow the toughest golf course in 2017 on the PGA Tour, it wasn't even close. It was a full half-shot tougher than any other tournament on the schedule, and that includes the other three major championships.
4: Well, we're going to go live to the press center up there in beautiful Charlotte, uh, home of the Wells Fargo Championship, Quail Hollow club bob Herrick from espn.com checking in with us hey bob
2: hey guys how are you
4: good well the first question i'd like to ask and also you know make note and extend our condolences uh of the horrible shooting that happened at unc um yesterday just uh what's the mood of the city there bob
2: yeah that's tough isn't it that uh quite a shock you know um and that happened pretty much right around this time, maybe a little bit earlier yesterday. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those hit close to home things, very sad. And, uh, you know, last day of school for most of the students. And, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I think, you know, the golf is in a, in a different realm. I mean, I think people were in their own bubble out there when it was going on and weren't aware of it. But uh, it, it was the subject today a little bit. Uh, Players are going to be wearing ribbons during the tournament to commemorate, and, you know, uh, commemorates a bad word, but sort of to you know and acknowledge, acknowledge and honor, uh, you know, uh, what happened. And uh, so that's a good thing. I mean, Charlotte is a is a is a big city, but it has sort of a you know a small community feel, and and they obviously embrace big events when they come to town. They love the golf tournament, and uh, uh, so uh, yeah, such a great it's, sports it's good city doing that. Yep, it sure is.
4: So tell us what the buzz is going on at the golf course. Um, of course, you know, Tiger skipping the tournament. Any update on him in terms of, you know, his his recovery since the Masters? I mean, there's been some sightings, and I know I picked up on it at uh, a brief clip that went out on Twitter when he went to uh, attend something down near Jupiter where he's walking very gingerly into a room, you know, with people that were celebrating his master's victory with a cake. I think it was uh, with with uh, the Discovery uh, golf uh, right. event or thing they're doing down there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tiger, I, I described it as it looked like he was walking across hot coals. Um, you know, it just looked like he was uh, – so, you know, like you said, gingerly, very carefully, and the next day they showed a video of him hitting balls on the range and playing some holes. And but, but I think what 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 you saw there was this is sort of what Tiger has to deal with some days. You know, now he might have just come out of a workout room, or you know, there's been some talk that he had had been he had been working out and doing his legs or whatever. Maybe he was sore, um, but you know, I think he's sore more than we think. You know, and I'm sure that Masters took a lot out of him. Uh, Absolutely. Physically, wow. mentally, um, you know, walking those hills, uh, you know, playing that golf course, the intensity of contending. Um, you know, he typically says that, you know, he needs to decompress after any Masters. And one thing that's sort of been, been, uh, you know, not discussed much is that, you know, Quail Hollow this year is only three weeks after. It's typically been four. And so, you know, Tiger, if he would have played the event, would have had usually a good three weeks before playing this one. He's not usually come back three weeks later. And I just wonder if it snuck up on him a little bit. You know, I mean, he's into the second week after the Masters and, and not really doing much yet. And that all came, come, here comes the Friday commitment deadline and, you know, he's probably thinking, I, I need to be ratching it up right now if I'm going to play next week, and he hasn't really done anything, and uh, just probably thought, hey, you know, it's this. There's no point in rushing, uh, and if that's the case, and if there's truly no no injury, like his agent Mark Steinberg said to me at least, then I think, um, uh, you know, that's fine. You know, you're 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 skipping. If you're if you're going to come here to go through the motions, that's not probably a good idea either
3: which is all good i suppose um but then i guess the question that follows is well what about the other guys uh, the the fact that uh, you know dustin johnson is not playing um and this is this is an hour and a half from uh, from where he grew up uh he's a carolina guy uh, right. why is uh, justin thomas who won on that golf course 18 months ago why is he not playing is, is it is it all just because of the way the schedule has set up now ahead of the PGA Championship, because the flip side of that is, uh, wasn't the Players Championship in May uh, for ten years I, before that?
2: Yeah, I, I do think it's more the schedule because because um, uh, you know, well, well, first of all, the Masters was a week later this year, mm-hmm. so that impacts things. That's why right. less time between this and that. But Justin Thomas was going to play, but he has I guess he he's had a wrist injury. And he decided not to. Okay. So Dustin Johnson's an interesting one for what the reason you said. I just don't think he likes the golf course much. He did play Hilton at the week after the Masters, so he kind of had a lot of golf in there for a while. Uh, but yeah, you know some of these guys are going to go blind, not blind, but you know with with the several weeks. Break before getting to the PGA championship. And, you know, typically you see guys playing going into the majors or at least playing two weeks before. That's typically been Tigers' MO. Now, this is, I think we counted up, um, it's only four, five, six times, I think, that he has not played a tournament between majors. And in only two of those cases was there not like a compelling reason or. Uh, like, like for example, obviously in 2008 he had the he had the knee issue, the leg issue that you know that kept him from almost not playing the U.S. Open that he won. Yeah, his uh, dad died in '06, which is a reason he didn't play between the Masters and the U.S. Open. And there's there have been a couple of there's an illness one time, there was an elbow injury another time, but you know the bottom line is it's rare. He hasn't usually done this, you know, over a, you know, 20 plus your career of majors, he's only not played in between a handful of times. And, and so it makes you wonder if that's a good move or not. I think for the reasons we were discussing, it's probably okay. It's probably smart. But, uh, you know, the first time he misses a fairway or a green or looks a little sloppy at page, then everybody's going to wonder, well, hey, he's not sharp. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. uh, the scrutiny will be there either way.
3: I guess the question with his age and his back, and it certainly has, has crossed my mind, um, for Tiger to be most effective, and maybe he's still trying to figure it out himself, does he almost need to be like Hogan, who played majors in about three other tournaments in the course of a year?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's it's, it's an interesting comparison. I, I'm, I'm not sure we're ever going to see Tiger, you know, ratchet it down to the Hogan level. I mean, like, after Hogan's accident in 1949 when he came back, the most he ever played in a year, I believe, was nine times.
4: Wow. Yeah. And and there was a
2: couple of times where he only played, like, five. And uh, that included, you know, playing three majors and only two others. You know, um, you know Tiger still has, you know, things, reasons to have to play or want to play.
4: And that uh, burning, burning desire
2: yeah and i think you know there's a there you have to find the right mix of of trying to be competitive and uh you know like what what is the mix what what is the proper mix of, of rest rehab practice and competition and i think you know he's found a pretty good formula here um of, of weight uh but he also knows he's got like like and that's the thing. Hogan didn't have FedEx Cup playoffs. And Tiger is competitive. You know, he wants to do as well in that thing as he can. And while he, his, his focus is going to be the majors, and that's what we're going to talk about the most, the bottom line is, is he does not want to miss out on that. And while he's perfect, obviously he's done well enough already to be, to be fine, to have a chance to win it, you've got to, you've got to perform in those events, and that's three in a row at the end there, you know, and it's the only time all year he's going to play three straight, and that's going to be coming off of playing the, the British Open and most likely the WGC event in Memphis, and then, uh, um, you know, and then a week off and three three playoff events. You know, last year he talked about how playing uh, seven out of the last nine weeks, I think it was, you know, five of six at one point, you know, it took a lot out of him, and he said that's why he's going to play less this year. Well, he's still looking at uh, five tournaments in six weeks to end the season, and then he's already kind of on board for a fairly busy fall. Like after a little bit of time off, he's he's going to be playing that event in uh, in Japan that they announced last week. He's they still are talking about some sort of Tiger Phil match, uh, the here uh, another match for Discovery that's going to be in Asia in conjunction with the Japan tournament. Um, and then the his tournament, the Hero World Challenge, and unless something crazy happens, he's going to be playing in the Presidents Cup too. So uh, still sounds know,
4: like it, a lot of golf to me.
2: Absolutely. So he's cutting back, but when you look when you add it all up, it's still going to be a lot of
4: golf. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, who's your pick, Bob? Going uh, going to be uh, on the winner's circle on Sunday.
2: You know, I kind of like Ricky Fowler.
4: Ooh!
2: It's where he got his first PGA Tour win. He's been a little under the radar lately, um, but uh, you know maybe this is his week to come back and sort of assert himself.
4: I like that. I like that pick, Ricky Fowler. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up with you next week and see uh, how how are you doing in your pool. That's the most important thing.
2: <laughs> exactly. That sounds good. You guys take it easy. All right. <laughs> thanks, You're mom. listening
4: to Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up.
2: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is.
1: Don't play it, Pebble. Won't pay the price. in the house drives my wife up the wall she shouldn't worry i don't use a ball it'd be good to just make a
4: we're back the golf insiders in the house holly g along with jeff shane and jeff we have a very very special guest coming up next
3: one of the originals right
4: Someone that has been with the Golf Insider since the very beginning? Since the very beginning, but more so. <laughs> she's been the queen of golf in Central Florida for more than 20 years. And it's her birthday. It's No, it's Golf Central Magazine's birthday celebrating 20 years. And the one, the only publisher and the queen bee herself. Terry Purdom joins us on the Golf Insiders. Terry, two
1: years, and thank you, Holly. Gee, hi Jeff. Hi. Um, for all your support, all these years, and your direction and your consult, all your consultations. All oh, you're calling me and telling me what's up in the industry that how oh, and I was green and I didn't know anything.
4: <laughs> well, this is such a achievement, Miss Purdom. Ah. Ah. Um, you know, it is not easy to be publishing anything these days in print, uh, let alone a regional magazine which has so
1: you're talking to me, so you're served,
4: me. <laughs> so served the whole state of Florida, and you've expanded now. Into the southeast, into Georgia, into your home state of Tennessee,
3: and you just keep on growing. And the Carolinas.
1: And the Carolinas and Mississippi and Alabama. Wow. I know, right? And you know what? What we have, guys, you all know, and I'm sure your listeners know, this is the best game and the best industry to be in when it comes to people who give back. When it comes to people who want to be a part of something and they reach out to you to help, they, you know, you're not gone and, you know, hat in hand and saying, you know, we need to do this charity event for this and that. People are like, we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing a tournament for women's cancer. Dave Walker has just done a very successful uh, marathon, one of our industry peeps. And it's forever. I think it was, was it, $70 billion we raised via the game of golf last year, guys. Billion, $70 billion. That's how giving everybody in this industry is. And I'm blessed. You know, I'm blessed to have them come at my, my way, to be involved with the magazine, from photography to, uh, you know, any kind of contribution or any kind of commitment that they've made to the magazine all these years. I'm, I'm the luckiest. I've had a blast.
4: Well, your your magazine says it all. Turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. And in that vein, five years ago, you started another little venture. Share with our listeners. Turf life. That's right. Yes. And it's going. I, you know what is so funny?
1: Like I've passively done turf life knowing that it's gonna be what it it's gonna be. Is is also an awareness program for everything turf, research um awareness and recognition for the men and women who maintain the turf, who don't always get their highlight and their day in the sun. And, you know, Jack Nisselt said, if you love golf as much as I do, thank a golf course superintendent. And then Charles Barkley got on board and said, yes, if you love golf as much, that's the man and that's the woman and that's their course, you know, course. And that's been a really big thing. So when we did turf, Life, it was originally for, you know, a golf magazine, because we always do the article for the golf course superintendent, but it's just that. Uh, the equine industry is turf, and the derby's coming up. Football, soccer, you know, anything where they grow grass, we need to learn more about how to do it more sustainable, with less watering, less chemicals, and, and that's part of what Turf Life is doing, is giving back money for research to Environmental Research and Education Foundation, EREF, and the Florida Turf Grass Association, and in every entity that we can, you know, help awareness, When our super spotlight features on the supers and you know, they're real proud of being grass growers and they know it's, it's, and I want all of your listeners to know that if they repair their ball mark and they take a picture, they can get a free decal if they're listening to this broadcast. If they repair their ball mark and they take a picture of them doing so, we will send them a free turf. Uh, for their car or truck or golf cart or boat or wherever they want to put it, and uh they just want to go to TurfLife Club or Golf Central Magazine on Facebook um, and Turflife on Facebook or GolfCentralMag.com. So we wouldn't give something away
4: on the show today. We love yeah. it, and I love uh, that yours, yours is the only decal I've ever put on any car <laughs> in my entire yeah. life.
3: For I'm all the very joke- honored. Yeah. I'm very honored. <laughs> For all the jokes that we tell about, you know, watching grass grow, think of all the things that we could not do, uh, either in golf or, or the other sports that you talk about. You know, my, my son was involved in soccer for a dozen years without the people who actually make the grass grow and make it grow right. We don't have a
1: job. Nobody wants to play golf on artificial turf. Oh, it's okay for a hitting mat in the tee line or something, but... Uh, you know, and, and by the way, our sport, golf, just happens to be the largest amounts of money maintaining turf. And that's one of the reasons why we started our Turf Life Lifestyle brand in Golf Central Magazine. That and one of our original writers, which I know you all know, is Joel Jackson, uh, was with the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and used to author the piece in their live golf. And, and he highlighted and talked about why we do different things at certain times of the year, why we aerify, and What a chinch bug means, and we don't want mole crickets. But no, we wouldn't have I wouldn't have a magazine if the grass wasn't growing. I mean, we wouldn't have golf and tiger radio show and all of the things that you've been involved in, Holly, from LPGA and helping start you know the businesses that you have uh, in clients that you have. They didn't, they wouldn't exist if we don't have grass growing. So yeah, grow grass
4: and, and keep on. And Terry, before you got into publishing a magazine, I'd like to point out that you were, uh, one of the first to have your own golf retail store here in Central Florida back in the day over there in Castleberry. Yes, golf addict, the golf addict. Kind of sounds like addict, like addiction,
1: but it was the add A-T-T-I-C. Uh, yeah, we dealt with collectibles and memorabilia, and we also did regripping and reshafting and, you know, loft and lie and, uh, Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Somebody should have poked me in the eye with a fork. I'm not a retail girl, but I had a great team of people who could do the reshaping, and that was my revenue stream. But I learned a lot about everything from memorabilia to, you know, collectibles uh, with that little store, the golf attic. And also, I queried people when they came in the shop from salespeople to just, you know, the guys coming in to trade. It was kind of like a play it again sport for golf, the high end, you know, memorabilia and stuff in there. But I would ask people, so if we did start a golf magazine, because, you know, there wasn't anything around except for the the Sentinel. Uh, Golfer's Guide was back then, and it's another publication that was going out of business at the time. And I had had the experience of being in publishing before I started the golf shop. I'd ask every old dude that came in and told me about all of his 18 holes. Like, okay, now that I've heard about that shot, what do you think about a golf magazine that does hard girl of the month? Oh, yeah, no, I think that's a super idea. Or, you know, and then we do the, you know, the old guy that's just the Joe golfer. Or we do women in golf, you know, we do the young guns. And and that's where we started building our content. People will tell you if you ask them, which I think is, you know, the open comic card. I counter there. People would fill it out and go, I think you need to do, you know, more of, you know, this or more of that. And make it more comfortable for everybody. Uh, Have more fun with it. And, you know, so that's that's how we built it. And we're still listening. You know, people call us regularly, and they're not afraid to tell you what you're doing wrong. or right for that matter.
4: <laughs> if you have not picked up Golf Central Magazine, uh, you've been asleep, because uh, this magazine is all over all the courses in the area. Uh, but you are also online now, Terry, in a big way uh, out to, what, over 170,000? Uh, Subscribers yeah. now. I'm
1: amazed, we won an award this year. Actually, you presented the award to us at the industry honors award for our digital campaign with Sawgrass TPC's Academy. And when I accepted that award, I was like, "Come on now, I believe in print. I am an obstinate redneck when it comes to print. I'm always going to print. Always going to print. Never go just digital." And then we win this award. And I, I was for it. I was like, if you had told me 20 years ago that I would be accepting a digital marketing award, I would have, you know, just fallen up. And I, but it's been good. And you know, there's a lot to learn. You've got to offer that plus the social. Ooh, by the way, you're tweeting on, uh, stuff done really, really well. I'm very impressed with some of the tweets I'm seeing coming out of Golf Insider. You and can find us everywhere
4: on the door, on the board <laughs> behind 17. How about that at <laughs> the players? Yes, we were. That was pretty awesome. Well, Terry, I've got to say how grateful
1: I am for you and for everyone. My editor in chief, Shannon Coates, I could not, would not, want to do it
4: without her. She'll
1: be with me 17 years. And a uh, shout out to Shannon.
4: Her birthday's May 7th. Shout out! You knew that? Oh I- my gosh! Yeah, she's gonna be glad. She's. Truly,
1: a Taurus. Well, I, um, and I
4: bull. I only know that because she put out a um, APB that all of <laughs> all of the copy ought to be in before that because uh, it was it her was birthday. My
1: birthday. Yes. That's right. Didn't she?
4: She did. She, did. she again, did. I've been
1: so blessed. You know, I and I just had. May I sing the time of my life, <laughs> and I owe oh, it to you. You yeah, know, I shouldn't ever sing on air. Um, But I have had a blast, and we are doing great things. And anybody that wants to send us feature stories or ideas, info at golfcentralmag.com. You can subscribe for free online and get it in your inbox. Or if you want magazines donated for your charity golf event, we're all about that. And we'll even throw in some Turf Life goodies um, or whatever else we have, you know, in the attic, so to speak.
4: All right. Um, The one, the only, Terry Purdom, the queen bee of Central Florida golf. Congratulations, my friend! I have to update your spot because now it's 20 years, not 19. Yes,
1: and Reunion was on our cover, so when you look at that, it looks like there was a wedding, and then it says 20 years, celebrating 20 years anniversary, and everybody's going, well, "Did someone get married?" It was kind of funny.
4: No, it was perfect, <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. Yeah, big, big, big shout out to Reunion as well as your as your cover story. So yes. uh, check it out, Golf Central Magazine. Uh, Terry P., congratulations. And happy, happy 20th anniversary.
1: Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you.
4: You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back.
1: Well, I don't want to take all the
0: credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well.
1: I want my We're back. Yeah. The Golf Insiders
4: wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane, Terry Purdom. so excited.
3: 20 years
4: be. rocking. <laughs> and her own 10-second ten- ten delay.
3: She was so excited. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, 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 beep.
4: Um, so another big milestone today, May 1st. May Day,
3: National Chocolate Parfait Day, as we discovered as we were kind of brainstorming uh, for the show about an hour ago, uh, in case you want to prepare dessert, and send some to the show, too.
4: But the big, big day is National Golf Day today, (laughs) the important day. National Golf Day happening up there in Washington, D.C., where um, all the powers to be and The golf associations, the allied associations, the turf people, golf course superintendents, national golf course owners. Yeah. We are golf. All of the heavyweight think tank part of the Industry National Golf Foundation, all up in D.C.
3: Avoiding the Attorney General's uh, testimony today and meeting with everybody else Uh, that was on Capitol Hill, a record high, believe it or not, on a day like today, a record high, 244 meetings with members of Congress representing 41 states. That's pretty good.
4: National Golf Day, (laughs) making things happen. They were probably much happier to be talking about golf. I have to think so. (laughs) The Mueller report, (laughs) but we digress. Um, So we wanted to spend a few minutes talking about National Golf Day and and bring in uh, our our new favorite golf insider, the golf course superintendent at Interlochen Country Club and a board member of the Central Florida Golf Course Superintendent Association, Bryce Gibson. Hello, Bryce. Great to talk with you again.
0: Hello, Holly. Hello, Jeff. And uh, happy National Golf Day.
4: Yes, Thanks indeed. So tell our listeners a little bit about what this day is all about and what it means to them. Well, I was
0: I was honored last year to be able to represent our local chapter and the state of Florida at National Golf Day. So, um, it's the 12th annual National Golf Day. Um, it was a, a initiative set up by a, a group of, uh, like you said, um, different associations through the We Are Golf Foundation, and um, it's uh, builders and owners, PGA professionals, and superintendents. Uh, this year, they had over 100 superintendents from across the country. Uh, join with the p g a and the builders and uh to uh, just sit down and talk with the representatives and just let them know about our community economic environmental, and fitness aspects of what golf does for people um like um miss Terry Purdom said before um it's a over a billion three point nine billion dollars annually are uh, raised through the golf industry, and uh that money is put back to uh, communities throughout the United States.
4: Yeah, and it's also uh, to ra- raise awareness, correct, for a lot of the green initiatives uh, that, you know, golf's involved with.
0: Yeah, so uh, we really, the superintendents are in the room with the others to kind of give their, their part of how, how we're using our research to to better be stewards of the environment. Uh, 2, 2.2 million acres of the United States are golf course areas, which incorporate green space for communities. And uh, less than one percent of that is, uh, water is used on those on those acreage. So we're we're doing our part to try to reduce water, but also increase green space for communities to enjoy.
3: Kind of curious uh, when, when you get in, uh, in a room with 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 lawmakers. Um, what do you? I think you've said what you stress, but are there concerns as uh, you know pressures from one side or another uh, sometimes target golf and and uh, and. and uh, fundraising and, and charitable contributions and tax paying in general. Are there concerns that you need to get across in addition to just highlighting all the good stuff that happens in golf? Well, Jeff, I, to
0: be honest with you. With my seven visits I had last year, not one lawmaker had a problem with what we were doing for our communities. That's good. Um, they, but they do, and they all understand that we're we're trying to stay ahead of it. And one of our initiatives in the GCSA right now is to by 2020 to have every state with a golf BMP program, which is best management practices for maintaining a golf course. And they see that we're putting that initiative together. Florida was one of the first states, of uh, six seven, seven years ago, to uh, to start the initiative, and we're we're really close to getting all 50 states by 2020 for sure. And and they they understand that, and they're they're really supportive. And and the things that we're we're trying to support as far as water. Uh, pesticide labels and uh, uh, different uh, Im- immigrations for getting more employees over here to help us in the industry.
4: And there's also an event you do on the on the mall. Is that correct in D.C.? Can you share about that?
0: Yeah, the the, the day previous is called the uh, National Golf Day Community Service Project. Um, this year they had over 200 volunteers and uh, they they planted 7,000 perennials. They laid 15,000 square feet of sod. And uh, renovated or airified seven acres of the National Mall down near uh, the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. It was a really cool day, and it was fun to watch on Twitter throughout the day as people uh, shared their uh, experiences.
3: Can you chip and putt on the National Mall? Just out of curiosity.
0: A chip and putt? <laughs>
3: <laughs> just curious. Uh, if I take a if I if I take a gap wedge to the National Mall, is somebody gonna get me in trouble?
0: I, I'm sure they would try, they'd try to find you on their horseback. But, uh, <laughs> it is—it's not an easy. It's a definitely a long par six because if you go from the Capitol Building down to Link Memorial, it's a—it's uh, quite a couple drivers and a, a good wedge into the the the, the lap of Lincoln.
3: Yeah, I, I I think if I was to take a full swing, that would definitely put uh, numerous people in jeopardy. So. <laughs> It's a uh Bryce, place and we're we're honored to help out.
4: Yeah, that's fantastic. So, I uh, want to also just take a take a minute to um uh reference uh, again that rounds for research your philanthropic program raising money that goes again to help improve golf courses. Uh that's still going on this week and you've got yeah. an auction. Can you share about that quickly? We just have about a yeah, Thirty no, seconds. A couple
0: seconds. I got you. Um. Yeah, it's exciting. We're halfway through the the week. Um. We've got over 175 thousand dollars donated so far, uh. But there's still 716 courses or rounds that have not been bidded on, um. But we're we're do, we're going a good way. Uh. That money will go towards turf rest research across the country, to find those better ways to for golf BMPs, and some really good courses in Florida that are still uh, got some good bidding on them is Tiburon, Blackahatchee Club, Gasparilla rich carlton here in orlando so there's a lot of good stuff to get out and play some golf at some different areas and over, even to go across the country if you want to plan a trip now that plays all over the place
4: that is absolutely awesome can you uh provide that website real quick
0: it's rounds the number four research.com and it'll take you right to it or you can go bidding for good backslash rounds for research That'll end on May 5th for all the bidding.
4: All right. So get online and you can get a chance to uh, play maybe some courses you wouldn't otherwise get a chance. Thank you, Bryce Gibson, superintendent at Interlocking Country Club. We appreciate you spending some time with us.
0: Thank you. Happy Golf Day.
4: All right. Yeah. National Golf Day, Jeff.
3: What are we doing in here?
4: Um, Maybe we need to go. Golf show, I guess. You know, head to Top (laughs) Golf for. uh, some, some liquid beverage. Uh, okay, who are you picking? Wells Fargo.
3: Guy that's done, uh, has been to all but one Wells Fargo and uh, has done everything but win. 12 top 12 finishes in 15 years. He's the number two top money winner, even though he's never one. But how about Phil Mickelson this week?
4: Phil, all right. You know what? This may be a little under the radar, but... You know how much I love him. I'm going with Sergio.
3: Coming off that runner-up at Zurich last week.
4: First time he's played since 2013, but he has four top tens and eight starts this season, including a runner-up, yes, with Tommy Fleetwood at the Zurich. (laughs) So, great weekend for golf. The Wells Fargo Golf Insiders will be back next Wednesday, 6 o'clock. We love you. Bye-bye.